Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. Today, we have Lou Belisario with us today from Brooklyn, baby. Welcome to the show. What's happening? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You know, I was just, uh, I'm here in Toronto right now and we were just talking about, uh, I was talking about Brooklyn. It was like, you can go to any pizza joint in Brooklyn and get a great slice. And in Toronto, you have to go find a great pizza place. Like the others will be okay. And so that's one of the blessings of being in Brooklyn. Pizza, bagels, all types of good food. We have a big uh, roast beef thing here too. There's a lot of different good roast beef spots. Uh, But yeah, pizza's great, man. Best pizzeria in the entire world is here. So we get to enjoy that. Lucali's. Absolutely. So uh, how long have you been in the real estate biz? 18 years. 18 years. And uh, do you have a team? I have the largest team at Compass in the United States of America. Wow. How many people? Uh, about 40. 40. Nice. So what's kind of interesting is, you know, most realtors, of course, start off uh, on their own. So either join a team to kind of learn the ropes or go solo. And then at some point they transition into uh, getting a team together. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about you. When did you start and how did you start? I got my license when I was about 19 years old. Uh, I was in college. I was uh, playing baseball in college and I decided that I wasn't going to make the majors. So I said, uh, I'd like to get a, a job. Uh, I didn't see myself being a nine to five person jumping on the train and going to the city every day instead of behind a desk. Uh, my family uh, has been in the real estate business in Brooklyn for about 50 years, uh, give or take. So at the time I you know, just kind of followed in, in their footsteps. Uh, my grandfather, my uncle, my cousins, um, and I got my real estate license and I haven't turned back since. So um, it was probably about 2006, I guess. And uh, yeah, went through every market cycle since then. And that's how you kind of make your bones in the world. Uh, but yeah, I don't think I'm qualified to do anything else at this point. So I guess I'm stuck with this forever. There you go. And uh, did you go solo or did you join a team when you first started? Well, when I first started, teams really weren't a thing, to be honest with you. Teams are a relatively newer thing in real estate. Um, you know, so back in the mid-2000s, uh, I just joined an office. That's what it was. So at the time, uh, you know, uh, I joined Fillmore Real Estate, which was the largest privately owned real estate broker in New York City. Uh, that was a company that my family had started in 1966. So um, I joined an office in my, the neighborhood I grew up in, and I just started from scratch, you know, calling expires, calling FISBOs, and working buyers and, and all that stuff. And then uh, as time went on, I kind of wanted to branch out into different parts of Brooklyn. So I was promoted to a uh, manager of one of the offices that we had in Fort Greene, which is in downtown Brooklyn near the Barclays Center. The Barclays Center wasn't even there yet, to be honest with you. Um, and that's it. And then the rest is history. And then uh, about five years ago, I decided to do my own thing and branch out of Fillmore and you know, let them do their thing. And I wanted to go ahead and do my thing. And I started the Belisario team at Compass back then. And uh, as the years progressed, I made, you know, good friends with my partner, now Joe Cruz and Jeff Rangotch. Mm-hmm. decided to create a mega team uh, together. So we have three principals and about 40 agents, and that's growing every week. And um, that's about it. 
All right. So let's go back to early part of your career at some point along that journey. You know, nothing ever comes easily. So there must've been some tough times. When did you doubt yourself? Like, am I doing the right thing? Did that ever happen? It happens all the time. It happens today still. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, but back then I remember um, one night in particular, it's probably like, it's gotta be like 2012, 2013, something like that. It was mm. about 10 years ago. Uh, I was with my girlfriend, who's now my wife, and we was in the in our apartment that we were sharing. And I remember pacing back and forth, like you know what, I, I don't think I can do this anymore. It's just too much stress. It's too much anguish. It's too much di- deals are dying, and personalities you have to deal with every day. And you know, am I getting paid enough money for what I do? And all the things and doubts that you have about yourself. And uh, I was gonna, I had taken my my firefighter exam not that long before that, and I was basically called to do that. And I said. Maybe it's an option, and I chose not to do it, and I stuck with real estate. Um, and it was definitely the best decision I ever made. But you know, doubting yourself is a is is a human thing in general yeah, for everybody. So, and tell me about uh, when you first started. You know, the first year or two, where all of a sudden it kind of felt like, hey, this is it for me. Like it might have been when you were doing a deal. Like, did you have one of those moments as well when you first got validation that? Hey, I could do this. I could make money of this. Yeah. I mean, uh, in my first year in the business, I probably did like six or seven deals. Um, I think I, it really hit home when I was able to get my first listing because I felt accomplished. So more than a paycheck, it was the, um, you know, the, the sense of accomplishment of getting your first listing. So I think once I was able to break that, that barrier, um, from there, I, you know, had confidence in myself and in the business and, you know, that's really it. Brilliant. So as you you know lead this team, of course, people that you're leading have those days where it's like they doubt themselves. Yep. Go into a room of 100 people and ask them, you know, who has a negative voice inside your head? People with multiple personalities will make it like 105 people will say, yep, that happens to me. So how do you uh, coach people through those doubts? Like how do you get them to inoculize them from their own uh, worst enemy, which is sometimes themselves? Uh, I always try to be relatable to people and make sure that they could be relatable to me. So I'm at a relatively high point in my career uh, and I've gone through it. So if I'm able to sit there and be relatable and say, hey, listen, I've been through the same thing you're through, uh, you're going through right now, uh, you'll get past it, you'll get through it. That's the, the, the usual take that I'll do. Um, you know, and it's, it's very true and it's genuine because it's true. So um, that's the angle I normally take is just say, I've been there. Here's how I got through it. Um, you know, hopefully my advice helps you get through it. I try to be more of a mentor on my team, not a boss or a team leader or anything like that. I want to be a mentor. I want to be somebody who can help the people on my team, uh, accomplish their goals. So why don't we play a game and the game we're going to play is, uh, how do we get realtors to be really successful? And I'm going to get you to kick it off with, you know, Hey, realtors should know this, do this. And I'm going to offer my number two and you'll go number three and let's keep going till we run out of valuable information for our listeners to uh, sure. glean from. I think that the biggest thing a realtor should be is organized. So I think organization is a big, uh, you know, a lot of people lack it. Even me, I lack it also. But if I could be better at something, it would be organization. And if you could get a head start on being organized in your business, I think you'll be good. Absolutely. I think number one, that's like a critical thing. I'm going to cheat and kind of go off your answer and go uh, time management, which goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that. And I think uh, just reading, dear listeners, read this book, uh, Getting Things Done uh, is like such a useful tool to be organized. And one of the things they do is you have task lists and I've got tasks for 
at home. So if it's stuff for home, I can jot it down there. So on the way home, I look at that list and go, oh, I need to pick up bread or I need to do this. Yeah. Stuff for work, stuff in front of the computer. And those eight hours that you'll listen to the audiobook will save you a long, painful existence in this industry or any other. So number three to you, my friend. Well, then I'll shoot off you a little bit if we're going to go that route. And I'll say the secret, right? So this is a, it's a very popular, you know, it's not a, a, a a secret per se. It's not a well-kept secret. <laughs> right. but I'll tell you, that was something that I definitely believed in. Um, and it's very cliche in real estate to tell people to watch this or listen to it. But to me, it works. Um, and if you believe in yourself and you put good out there, good will come back. And it's a, it's a, it's a business that you could very easily give up on very quickly. Right. And uh, in real estate, you need a short-term memory. Right. So a short-term memory, just like baseball. Right. So if Mariana Rivera goes on the mound, blows the World Series in 2001 like he did, and he gave up and said, I'll never do it again. He'd never be the best closer of all time. He forgets about it, and all that matters is, is the next game. So, um, you know, watch The Secret, read The Secret, believe in The Secret, put good out there, have a short-term memory. Brilliant. So you said two things there. So uh, good for going above and beyond, because I think they're two different things. But just going to The Secret for a moment, I often advise clients to have affirmations, and here's why I do it. It's not so much for The secret. Uh, intention of setting it out there. But what I'm looking for is when I say, you know, women find me attractive, women find me attractive. And then that voice comes up and says, who are you kidding? (laughs) That's what I'm looking for is that negative reaction because that negative reaction is a thread that goes down to a belief within us. And once we figure out what that belief is, we can change it. So sometimes using affirmations to get that negative reaction uncovers an unconscious belief that's stopping you from being awesome baby. I like that. I would say next, and this is why my voice is raspy right now, and this is why my eyes are baggy right now, networking. (laughs) So networking is a big thing in real estate. Um, We just went, my entire team, we took a bus out to an event last night in Long Island with a bunch of Long Island real estate brokers and bankers and trying to jump some business. Um, Networking, I could say, is one of the things that changed the trajectory of my career. Um, Nice. It's a very easy thing to do. Um, and they're very plentiful. So there's always networking events in New York City or big cities. They're all over the place, right? So you can always go out there and meet somebody. You never know where your next deal is going to come from. So meeting and associating yourself with as many professionals as you possibly can should help your career grow as well. Absolutely. So I'm going to add a little bit to that before I go to kind of my one. But here's a question for you, Lou. What's the difference between networking and not working? one letter. And I think uh, networking is critical, but you really need to have a plan when you go to network Absolutely. and you need to have follow-up, 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 follow-up. Yeah. If you don't have a process, you're just going to be lost and waste time. And here's a tip, no matter where you go, whether it's networking or somewhere else, or let's say a dinner party, one of the things I ask when I go networking is, who am I here to meet today? And I look at everybody there And somebody just seems to be a little brighter than everyone else. And I go, before I leave this, I am going to visit with that person. And I was at this conference with about 700 people. And there was this woman who happened to be really cute. And that wasn't the reason she stood out. Something about her kind of glowed. And so I said, I'm going to meet this woman before I leave. And at the lunch break, she was bringing food back from the buffet and I said, oh, why don't you uh, stay here at one of the you know high top tables? I'm going to get my food. I'd love to chat with you. And this was her story for the podcast. It's a previous episode, and we'll put the link down below. 
she was minding her own business at home with her son and her husband and the phone rings and her 18 year old daughter, who's at university an athlete, uh, apparently there's some kind of medical emergency. And it's like, something's happened to your daughter. I just wanted to let you know, uh, you should, uh, come to the hospital. We're taking her there. And by the time she's getting ready, panicked, it's a two hour drive. She gets a call from the Dean saying your daughter has passed. Oh my God. And it turned out that she had a cardiac uh, arrest at university, but they had no uh, device to defibrillate it to bring her back. And uh, so she started the foundation uh, and changed the law in Pennsylvania to actually make sure that every university, every high school in a gymnasium has that. And that's a good example uh, of just who am I here to meet? And you'll meet the most amazing people. So here is uh, my advice to realtors. Uh, the best version of you is you, the most authentic you. And most people think uh, uh, I need to create this persona of this is what an agent is. Hi, how are you? I'm an agent. And they get a sense of who they are. But there's a third spot, which is their authentic self. And once you discover who you are, then you have power, you have foundation. Then you don't have this delusion of who you are. You know who you are. And when you have enough confidence, this what you show the outside world. And this is where clients kind of go, I'm not sure what it is about you, Lou, but I just feel comfortable being near you. And I want you to be my agent. So it helps you in real estate and it also helps you in life. 100%, man. I, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, I would say you got to be persistent in real estate. Mm. So persistency is key in this business. If you're not being persistent, you mentioned follow-up earlier. Um, with whoever you come in contact with, whether that be through networking or through farming or whatever it may be, persistence is key. And I look around my team and I, I pinpoint the people who are the most successful. And the most successful people that I've, whether managed or had on my team really in, in all my years, are the ones who are the most persistent with, with follow-up. Um, and I could piggyback that word with consistency also. So yeah. persistent and consistent, two completely different things, but if you're able to group those two things together, um, you will be very successful in this business. And I think a lot of brokers, a lot of agents drop the ball with that tremendously. Uh, Absolutely. You know, always. And I'll kind of add to that. Uh, I was uh, training a team in uh, Baltimore, Maryland, and one of the guys had uh, finally closed a deal. And so the team leader said, uh, yeah, how many times did you have to reach out? And he said 21 times. Mm -hmm. And everyone was like, oh my God, because there's agents have this sense of I'm being a pest. Yep. And what he said was the guy forgot the other 18, 19 texts. He had totally forgotten. But when he needed me, I texted him and he responded back and said, we've got to move forward. Absolutely. And that's persistency. And so I'm gonna le that leads into my next uh, suggestion is mindset is the most important element in anything. Because if you are uh, a mediocre uh, real estate agent with a strong mindset, you're going to do okay. If you have a really great skill set, but a weak mindset, you're not going to do as well. But if you have a strong mindset and a strong skill set, you're going to be a freaking rock star. And so at the end of the day, the enemy is not the interest rate, is not the other uh, agents, is not your uh, people, your clients. There's a quote from Pogo, a comic strip from like probably your parents' generation. It's like we have met the enemy and the enemy is us. Yep. So it's all about what's happening between these two years. Absolutely. I uh, definitely agree with that as well. Uh, the next thing, it's so funny. I just had it on my mind what I was going to say and then I forgot what I was going to say. But hold on. I think the next thing that you have to do is – oh, that was – you have to be willing to ask questions, right? So mm -hmm. a lot of agents, and then this is the first thing I say 
when somebody joins my team and they still don't listen for the most part is don't be afraid to come to my office and ask me a question or call me or text me or reach out. And they, oh, I don't want to bother you. You're not bothering me. You're not bothering a team leader that you, you want to make money for the team. No problem. I'm happy to be here for you. Um, and I, I think that's something that a lot of new agents do because they're just afraid to ask questions because they don't want to sound stupid. No, stu- no question is a stupid question. If you don't know the business yet, how can anybody expect you uh, to not ask questions, right? So I really, really encourage ask questions, whether it's a manager, a team leader, you know, a mentor you have in the office, a veteran agent. Um, most people are pretty kind and are going to be willing to help you out. So I, I think asking questions is big. And it kind of goes back to mindset, right? It's this image we have of ourselves of, I don't want to appear weak. And I know with certainty, Lou, that uh, if you're in a situation and you don't freaking know something, you're going to ask someone say, hey, help me out. And and that really is uh, about confidence and the connection with yourself. So I think absolutely 100% asking for help, critical, but asking questions, because asking questions is such a freaking powerful thing in in the sales environment. Uh, by the way, Lou, do you have any kids? I do. I have a three-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. So what's the name of the one-and-a-half-year-old? Alessia. Alessia. And do you remember the first time you held her in your arms? Of course. The day she was born, July 26th. So, dear listeners, if you heard the uh, tonality of Lou's voice change by asking questions, I can change his brain chemistry. Okay. You made me happier now. (laughs) Yeah, instantly. And when you're with a client, uh, you can tell them all you want. But if you ask the right questions, you'll actually change their brain chemistry and change the way they think. Mm -hmm. So we have such awesome power in asking that. And sometimes when you're asking something, it's something your client already knows. But the way you ask it, it gets them to realize it. Because oftentimes people have all these ideas in the etheric sense, and it's your job as a salesperson to ground those in our conversation to move that sales process forward. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Lou, to you, my friend. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> okay, I think a lot of people recently in the last couple of years, for obvious reasons, have got away from coming into the office. Right? Mm. I believe that in order to be a very successful real estate agent, you need to be in the office at some point in time during the day. Um, working from home, in my opinion, uh, people differ, but I think working from home is a miserable experience that you're never going to get, you're never going to reach your full potential working from your house. So I, I just had a conversation yesterday with one of my, one of my uh, you know, teammates here and uh, she came in, she's like, what can I do differently? I feel like I hit a wall. I was like, I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen you in about two weeks. You know, so if you were here, you could have asked you the same question two weeks ago instead of waiting for two weeks to come in and ask me the question, right? And you would have fed off of the other agent's energy that's in the office. You would have heard of conversation that maybe you didn't know something and now you just learned something. So even if you don't have business drumming right now, uh, being in the office will drum up business. People don't walk through the door anymore like they used to do back in the day, right? So you're not going to have a seller walk in and say, I want to sell my house. But you may have a, t- uh, you know, a teammate here who's doing a deal with on, on a co-op that you never heard the lingo for or uh, you know is, is negotiating a deal and you picked up a new trick that they did that that you know you can incorporate to your business. So I think being in the office, being present and putting on your you know your your work outfit every day is important. Absolutely. And uh, there's something about you know that collaboration, that informal stuff where you could be chit-chatting about something outside of this and it just builds connection, it builds confidence and it sparks ideas. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we need to do is when we're uh, dealing with our clients is very much what did you value most 
uh, about working with me. And they're going to tell you what they valued most, which is really nice. Helps in the testimonials. And let's say that what I really valued most was the way you looked after us, which is nice. It's nice to hear. But how do you describe how I looked after you uh, to a friend? And then they go deeper. And that does two things. Number one, it lets you know your value as an agent because we have a sense of what we're doing. And sometimes it doesn't matter what we think is what clients think. And also it gets them to articulate at a deeper level. So it helps in marketing too, because all of a sudden it's like you're actually using the language of clients that is going to resonate with other clients as well. Mm-hmm. So Lou, I'm going to give you the last uh, piece of advice. Okay. So this one actually... It runs deep with me because we do a lot of business on social media these days, right? So mm-hmm. I think, you know, every real estate agent who starts out is starting out, oh, I'm going to start, I'm going to open a business page. I'm going to just post pictures of kitchens and bathrooms. Um, what I've learned over the years is that people don't really care about what house you're selling or what the kitchen looks mm-hmm. like or anything like that whatsoever. They care about you. Uh, so I think, you know, we're all going to market ourselves on social media. We need to do it smart. Uh, we need to do it effectively. And we need to stop marketing ourselves to the rest of the real estate brokers because that's what we do for the most part is we're marketing ourselves to other brokers when we should be marketing ourselves to potential clients. Uh, so I think uh, if you could invest in a social media course or a social media coordinator or something like that, I think it makes a lot of sense to you know make sure your brand is authentic and effective um, you know across whatever platforms you're putting it on. Brilliant. And Lou, before we leave, how about a question for me? Yeah, well, you know, this is the first time I've interacted with you. Uh, yes. You know, this is the first time we've met, obviously. Uh, how long have you been doing this? So we're coming up to uh, three years uh, doing this podcast. And I do this podcast for uh, two reasons. Number one is my highest value is learning stuff. Sure. And there's no better way than getting an expert there. And it's, uh, so that's useful. And the second thing is, you know, adding value to the world. Right. And out of all the tips that we gave today, there's going to be agents that are going to go, oh my God, Luke, that's like freaking brilliant. I really like that. And, uh, or it could be something that, uh, that I said or something they heard in a different way that they've just heard from a, a different viewpoint. And I think that just, uh, that's one of the joys of life is getting people to kind of drop you. I bet if someone dropped you a line saying, hey, Lou, I heard you on that podcast. That really helped me a lot. I closed the deal because of that. would be delightful. Absolutely. 100%. Lou, thanks so much for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Enjoyed it. And 22 minutes just flew by. There you go. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming. And that is the fastest way to get better results.